you had to throw in the happy birthday, huh? <laughs> Welcome to Team Cockroach, a podcast about NBC's weekly comedy, The Good Place. I'm Andrew Pontius, and let me introduce the other hosts of our episode, uh, Rachel Adelman. Hello. Hi, everyone. Javier Matusevich. Hello. Hello, listeners. Hello, Javier. And finally, uh, Sarah Gardner. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Hello. And Sarah will actually be our recapper for this episode. So, Sarah, you can take it away. So, in this episode, which is titled Derek, Michael realizes Janet's creation of Derek will pose a problem if Vicky discovers him, so he struggles with an ethical way to get rid of him. Eleanor attempts to get her feelings for Chidi off of her chest without making things worse. And Tahani accepts Jason's out-of-the-blue marriage proposal, knowing he'll always be nice to her. A lot happened this week. We begin mostly with Janet revealing Derek to Michael, or as it may be, Derek kind of revealing himself to everyone (laughs) with various outlandish, just weird (laughs) bursts of energy. At one point, she says they're so in sync, they're finishing each other's Derek. (laughs) What was everyone's first impression of Derek, since this is the first real chance we've had to sink our teeth into his character? I'll miss him <laughs> after what happened by the end. I liked his character and I liked the way he played off of Janet and interacted with the rest of our friends. I really disliked him as a person. I don't think he's a bad character. He's fun to he's fun to have, but he's kind of played off as annoying in this episode. In the previous episodes, he was much more likable. Well, he, we didn't get much of a chance to see him in the last episode, certainly. I do think that they were pretty consistent in this episode to make him the boyfriend from hell. The bloom comes off the rose, and so Janet starts having the kind of fights that you see with people who aren't, who aren't getting along anymore as, as boyfriend and girlfriend. And yeah, there were a lot, of, a lot of jokes about that this time around, like finishing other sentences, right? And then Derek wasn't actually finishing her sentences. Derek couldn't stop saying Jason. I'm, he I'm... just popped up and was <laughs> like, Jason, 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 and then had the sign that said, Help, I can't stop saying Jason. <laughs> Which is made even funnier because the actor's name is Jason. So you know that had to be <laughs> that had to be difficult yeah. for him. I I think that throughout the episode we kind of see it escalate so fast, which makes a lot of sense considering who Janet is and how much knowledge she has uh, versus being an actual human being. That like every time we see them cut back into Janet and Derek, it's progressed just that much more totally it's like she's the whole universe so the timing is just another scale michael is trying to mop up after knowing that this is about to be a problem so he busts in on jason and tahani watching home alone which was surprising that was good (laughs) (laughs) so he arranges a weekend getaway for the two of them with jason and a jaguar's duffel bag they run off to the countryside to play croquet and make a big mess and drink a lot. So, I was actually, um, I might have missed that part. Why exactly was Michael sending them away? Was it specifically so that they wouldn't, they wouldn't bother Janet when Janet was trying to figure this thing out? 
they Michael didn't want Janet to appear and have Derek appear by her side and make things just that much worse. So he sent them away and told them that Janet was on the fritz and not to call her. This is actually a really fun uh, scene or B-plot, I guess, because we do get to see more of Tahani and Jason being a couple together. And you would never have thought that Tahani would kind of accept him because she's got all these pretensions about her. But it was sort of interesting to see her, every time she sort of started to judge him or want to do something that was obvious that he wouldn't want to do, like play play cricket, right? Like introduce him to cricket. She seemed to pull back and be like, no, we'll do kind of more of what, what Jason wants. The whole uh, premise for Michael to take them to, to the beach seemed a bit contrived, but it was sort of believable because in the case of, of Tahani and the case of Jason, they're the, the two characters that wouldn't figure out that they're really being played. I mean, if you pull that off on Eleanor or maybe even Chidi, they will figure it out on, on a snap that there's something going wrong. It's not, it's not the kind of thing that happens with a good place. Uh, from this scene, what they had written down was when uh, they were watching Home Alone, Tahani said, Jason's making me watch this horror film about two ex-convicts trying to murder a neglected child. And I thought that was a pretty good plot summary. That was delightful. <laughs> and that would be what she would think of that movie. But it's also not surprising that she hasn't actually watched Home Alone before, because that's just not something that she would do, right? At least according to how she thinks of herself. And then speaking of movies, Eleanor's re-watching the video of her professing her love to Chidi and kind of scurries, claiming it's Cannonball Run 2 when he comes in, which she says she watches a lot. Actually, Chidi says that, so oh, that's it's, true. Not even, it's not even a, an Eleanor thing. It has to be actually true. Well, now that... <laughs> That's what she was... Oh, no, actually, it was a different movie, wasn't it? That she was... That the woman from the, the medium place, the, the, uh, that she uh, taped over a movie uh, in order to get that... In order to have that tape be saved. But it wasn't... I don't remember what it was anymore. It was, fun, it was it, a funny movie. It, anyway. it was Cannonball Run, too. It was? Oh, okay. It was the yeah. same movie, yeah, yeah that ah, they referenced. Back. Great. Yeah, yeah. At which point, Michael comes in and tries to approach Chidi about whether mur- murder is ethical <laughs> because he wants to be told that it is essentially <laughs> he wants a free pass that's right he would like to get rid of Derek in some way that he can keep his conscience clean which he wouldn't have cared about before mm-hmm. but he cares about now yeah which is good we see progress in michael he really seems committed to the cause in this episode well he's committed to not getting found out Right, and he's worried about that for himself. But it it does seem, at least once or twice, he says that this is also a problem for everyone involved. He's not just he's thinking of the whole group and what will happen to the whole group if if they're found out. So that's his driving force for this one. Yeah, but even even considering the the fact of keeping it ethical, at least even if he's trying to cheat it off, is interesting at, at the very least. Well, what I have from my notes is that he he starts at saying, "Well, let's kill Derek." And then I think Chidi kind of says, well, no, you can't kill people. That's, that's unethical. And so then he says, well, can I break up Jason and Tahani, right? Am I, am I, do I have that right? And then Chidi explains that it's okay to keep a secret if it's not hurting anyone and that telling them that secret would harm them, which reflects on Eleanor. She hones in on that video trying to keep it from Chidi. I think it was in this section, but um, this is also when 
uh, he introduces them to Derek because he's trying to explain the situation to them and says, no, nah, it's easier if I just show you. At which point Janet says that Derek's brain is wrong, which I think is the line that made me laugh the hardest this week. I'm sorry, his brain is wrong. <laughs> I also enjoyed, this is the point where um, Janet was talking to Eleanor and says, do you want me to make you a boyfriend or whatever? And she says, based on your last 100 comments, it would be a stone cold Steve Austin's head on Tahani's body. And Eleanor's <laughs> like, or the other way around. <laughs> and Michael, not liking what Chidi has to say, exasperated, says, has anyone ever told you what a drag you are? And Chidi responds, everyone constantly. It was great. <laughs> Just the expression yeah, on his and, face uh, when he was saying that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite Derek line, I well, there were two. He said, uh, good Bob, when he went to say goodbye. And then he also said, I hope we same place again very now. Which is <laughs> like, see you soon. That's how you'll address all your friends now, Rachel. <laughs> yep. So we move on to uh, Jason and Tahani back in the idyllic pasture <laughs> uh, where Jason offers to be the only one that Tahani can be herself around because she really can't be herself around anyone and this appeals to her and surprises her which is a sweet moment as they begin to kind of coast toward what becomes a marriage proposal what do you guys think did that seem sincere I mean for a show that likes to bring things up out of the blue, at least this one sort of made some sense in a Jason way. In a Jason way. <laughs> I thought it was a very Jason thing to do, and it seemed like sort of a natural progression of the way they've been getting closer. So he kind of just went to going on to the next step. And I'd be, this is how Jason progressed in his relationship with Janet was also very similarly quickly ready to marry you so it didn't seem quite as shocking this time he's the marrying kind hmm. yeah he really is well don't in my notes I might have the the sequence wrong but this was when um they started talking about their educational background right I think Tahani kind of started yeah. it by talking about the Sorbonne and Jason was saying well he went to high school at Leonard Skinner High School right <laughs> Yeah. In, uh, I think was yeah. it like North Carolina or something? I think it was Tampa. Jacksonville. Oh, that's Jacksonville. right. Oh, right. And, you know, nice little sequence of like, yeah, it was on tugboats. And then, well, <laughs> didn't, didn't you get seasick? And like, no, they were tied together in a junkyard. <laughs> and there was something yeah. about selling dirty magazines door to door or something like that. I, I don't Th- know that's what he did in his yeah. classes. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, and, yeah, uh, just, Tahani's prep school was the something school for expressionless girls. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I missed that. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so different. And that's why they yeah. work, apparently. <laughs> no, I, it seems so. I think that also it works from Tahani's standpoint because she would be the sort of person who would be so flattered at uh, an instant marriage proposal that it would like appeal to her. And her sense of like, wow, I've really, I've really done a number on this man. He wants to marry me. And then, you know, she likes him anyway. So it works on both counts. I liked, I think this was the point where she's like, why on earth would I marry you? And Jason's <laughs> response was, well, we're not on earth. 
That was a great line. But my thinking here is, is she's still very socially obsessed sort of with social status and everything else. And this is kind of the person who gets to knock her out of that world to the point where, where she can't be thinking anymore about what it's going to look like or what, what it will mean for her advantage to do certain things with Jason because it's just not that world at all. And so, yeah, I think this idea that they're on a different world than they would have been otherwise is, is, is a really interesting way to, to think about it. Well, and I can't remember if it's this scene or a different scene where she's obsessed with where people will be sitting, where there's only like four of them and she can very easily configure it any way she'd like. But of course, she's thinking of that. She's got it as a in, like present in her mind that she has to do the social situation. Like, well, where would they sit? Yeah, I think Tahani's malaise is she keeps forgetting she's dead. You know, I, I keep forgetting they're dead. <laughs> I think we kind of talked about it last time around that Jason is kind of the one whose life is the most different than it was before um, yeah. because he was just, he was, he was kind of doing all this weird uh, DJing stuff and committing crimes. And now he's, he's just kind of living a regular life. And so, yeah, it is like Eleanor and, and Tahani and, and Chidi can all kind of act a little bit more like they were in real life, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, and if his life was that bad on Earth, then maybe this is just really great for him, you know? <laughs> He's in the good place regardless. He's yeah. really in the good place. I believe it. <laughs> so they go back to Michael and Eleanor trying to glean from Chidi the way to proceed, and Michael tries to arrange it so that he can still hear the answer he wants to hear, which uh, prompts he and Eleanor to uh, wink at Chidi, which he does not like. <laughs> not at all. That they can do what they want as long as they have their heart set in the right place. Wink. Which really makes him angry. And it moves very quickly to Janet officiating the wedding at the beach. Although there's there were some scenes in the middle there where she and Derek ha- are fighting uh for some reason derek is in a tree a tree mm-hmm. yeah that's where he lives now <laughs> oh i didn't gather that what did i miss here because between uh them trying to figure out what to do next and the wedding i don't i don't have a ton of notes so i know there's a lot of fighting there's some fighting i think i think it's the point where they're trying to get derek out of the tree because he's very visible he's in an outside area that um they oh, we got to get him down but when Janet pops in, she's handing out wedding invitations. So, yeah, th- things are going very rapidly. The, the, the people weren't necessarily expecting that. But one thing that I thought of at that point was, you know, this is, this is kind of the worst case scenario. They were trying to get Janet to be away from Jason and Tahani's, you know, uh, relationship. And yet now she has to officiate their wedding. On the beach that houses her button, <laughs> which is <laughs> right at one point going. just sad. <laughs> and Derek's weird button. Did Derek have a different button on the beach? He did. It looked like it was made out of, like, twine or something. (laughs) So uh, the rest of the gang comes to intercept with the news of Janet and Jason's previous marriage and the glitching and the existence of Derek. Uh, They come bearing bad news, at which point Jason says, I think you mean bad news, bear. (laughs) (laughs) But they, they come to bear their soul. 
I liked uh, Jason and Tahani's uh, vows to each other in their wedding, too, and Jason saying, you know, Tahani, you remind me that I shouldn't eat everything that smells good because sometimes it's candles. <laughs> right, I think, I think the, and then they get interrupted when Tahani is about to say, I think I, I think I love, and then that's when they get interrupted. And then, at the, so at the end of that, I don't know if we have that much more to say about, about how they interrupt her, but I, I thought it was funny at the end of that when Tahani was like, oh, you know, oh, this is bad, this is horrible, I can't stand it. And she said, Janet, fetch, fetch me my, my couch. It was like a dizzy couch or something or a fainting couch. Yeah. Fainting couch. My tizzy couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she does. They actually bring it out and then she does fall into it. A very tahani move. At this point, Eleanor's so desperate that she wants Michael to reboot all of them. But it's Michael who refuses, saying they've come too far. He's got some notion of how far at least the gang has come, if not himself. Right, if he wants the group to become good enough so that they can go to the good place, and presumably he can go to the good place with them, then yeah, I think he's, he's seeing that, that he doesn't want to start over. But I think it's also with, with Eleanor, I think you could definitely see kind of in her mind that she's saying, well, why don't you repeat all of us? But she's kind of, she's kind of saying it as a, as a solution for everyone, but it's really about her getting rid of those her memories cheesy. of the tape. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple places where Eleanor kind of, Eleanor is talking about it and Chidi is kind of noticing that she's acting a little weird. And there's just like three or four points in it where I'm like, you know what, that's going to come out by the end of this episode. And of course it did. Well, Derek starts to get very jealous of Jason because Janet is trying to get over Jason and brings him up a lot. So uh, he wants to know what Jason has that he doesn't, which the answer is a soul and genitals. Because Derek has wind chimes, which come back up again. Uh, no pun intended. What did, what did you all think of the confrontation between Derek and Jason, even though Jason's not really confronting anyone? Yeah, I don't think there's really a confrontation there. There's just one guy trying to get over what's going on. Oh, right, because he, he never actually confronts Jason because he thinks Eleanor is Jason. And that's, uh, yeah. that's kind of diffused. Yeah, But I do think that the, the fun part of that scene is when is that Eleanor talking to Janet and kind of admitting that she gave her bad advice. Yeah, I think that her like profession of friendship and her apology helps Janet move forward in the episode, helps make the whole situation better. So she says, okay, she's willing to to kind of reabsorb Derek, but the 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 actual process of reabsorbing Derek is is perhaps a bit risque, right? <laughs> There's a lot of groping. Were they? A lot of wind chimes. A lot of yeah. I mean, they're basically you know kind of doing it, right? I mean, yeah, on the beach, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Eleanor can't look away, but everyone else <laughs> look away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the next time we see Derek, he's just in this giant hay-filled coffin-type box. <laughs> yeah, what what room were they in for that scene? Is that a room that we've we've seen before? I think it's Eleanor's house. Yeah, I think it was Eleanor's house okay. too. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this was the point uh, Derek said, goodbye, mommy, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And she returns him to the void, which made me hopeful that possibly he'll appear later, but Mm -hmm. in a different incarnation, like perhaps more advanced or even more messed up. (laughs) You can't keep anything in a box forever. Not even in the void. No, he's not dead. He's just in the box. He's in in power-saving mode. Right? Yeah. yeah. Just saying Derek in a box. 
Then we find Jason and Tahani reflecting on not getting married so fast. And happily, they're still together and they're still making their way through things, but they realize they probably need to slow down a little bit. And they're going to try reabsorbing each other. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think at that point, I guess they've kind of decided that they're not going to get married. Yeah, not so soon anyway. Yeah, And I I did like the point, again, sort of Jason as being a bit of a moral touchstone of the group, uh, however the heck that worked out, that he kind of, you know, he says, like, I'm sorry I put, put you in that weird position. So he's... You know, now he knows that he had this previous relationship with Janet and, you know, he's willing to sort of live up to that. He's always really kind. And I think, you know, it it just shows he didn't realize that he had a marriage with Janet. And so he had an effect on Tahani and he wanted to make it right. He doesn't need the cheaty lessons as much as everyone else. <laughs> so then Eleanor comes clean to cheaty who says he doesn't have feelings for her, and she tries to play it off, even though she's obviously hurt. Anybody else feel really bad for Eleanor? I could definitely tell she was lying when she said she didn't have feelings for Chidi. Yeah, but then it turns the table on the other side because Eleanor starts being all defensive and she's she's trying to express his feelings and she's shutting him off. Yeah, there were a lot of bros and dudes and she slips into that hands-free mode (laughs) it was it was hard you you know that you know that this has been a rough journey for her poor thing but then michael comes in and asks her for advice because she doesn't give up on trying to be a good person and that's probably what she needed to hear right then Mm -hmm. i like the conversation that eleanor and michael had here when she was talking about how um when she was on earth there was always when she did something bad, there was always that little voice like telling her she shouldn't do something, but the ethics gets rid of the little voice. Like thought that was pretty profound from Eleanor. Well, and as a show that doesn't shy away from philosophy or ethics or any of that, it's nice that she's able to sum it up in a way that would be easy for someone like Michael to understand. Well, I'm curious because she doesn't necessarily, at that moment when she's talking about what's going on, ascribe any of that effect to Chidi, whereas I think Chidi has been a really big part of her being able to be a more moral person. And so maybe she can talk with Michael about, well, once you are being more moral, you know, it, it quiets that voice. But I think she's going to come back to the fact that, that it was Chidi who really helped her get there. She's the Chidi translator. <laughs> he needs to be translated. So then in our final scene, Michael returns to his office and who is there... But hmm. a big cliffhanger for the season break, Sean. And I keep wanting to call him Kevin because of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but he's Sean. Good old Sean. I had to laugh. He was in one of the commercials when I was watching. He's like in the progressive commercials now with Flo. And I was like, hey, that's Sean. <laughs> yeah, I saw his name in the credits as they were rolling in The Good Place, and I recognized the actor's name. And I'm like, was he in this? And then he appeared on the screen. <laughs> Like the very last few seconds, right? So we were saying, yeah. we were saying that he that this could be a, a cliffhanger, or this could be a big, you know, some some something big would happen to lead us into the the break, and not necessarily anything too big during the the episode, the the meat of the episode, but certainly it did end in a cliffhanger, and we get to think about all the ways that could plan out over the next what two months? I think it is. It said we'll see you in 2018. Yeah. The, so we've got time to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like to have that scene because it really sets up expectations and stakes for, for the next next months that we're going to be speculating. <laughs> when we go straight to, to Sean, instead of it being sort of, well, Vicky finds out and, well, what's Vicky going to do? Uh, nope, we go straight to Sean, who has the power to shut him down. So it really is straight to that final confrontation there. They we're going to have to resolve it somehow if we want to keep this good place operating. It what, Sean still thinks they're on like the second or third <laughs> attempt, right? As far as we know, even though there's been 800 or so attempts. Yeah. <laughs> right. So one way they could make it, one way Michael could try to make it work is to try to convince him that this is still the second time around, or he could try sort of bargaining with him. I'm not sure what you would bargain with, though. But I'm guessing if he's around, then he knows something. We well, might just be coming to check. I don't know if Michael's been giving him uh, status reports. Um, or Vicky's been giving him status reports. Maybe he'll request a tour. <laughs> and we'll have to see the the torture that we never get to see. Although that it's part of the fun is just imagining it. Well, this is still supposed to be a good place. So the torture should be psychological torture still. Yeah. So maybe we'll see them being psychologically tortured by Vicky, <laughs> but not very successfully. Well, I mean, Vicky's doing some physical torture, too. She poked Chidi with all those needles last week. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Sean is actually up to up to speed with the whole Vicky situation. As far as Sean knows, Michael's still running the place, so... Well, we're all in for it. <laughs> when they've got how many more episodes after this? It's 13 total. Six. And yeah. And this I think is, it's six. Mm-hmm. So we've got almost as many episodes left as we've had already. They have a lot of room for more plot. So I think whatever this confrontation is going to be, I think it might set us on a new path, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, the last big, big twist of the show. But yeah, there's, there's definitely room for more things to happen. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting because, you know, I think around this, was it around this time, the last time around that they had the, 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 the devils from hell were coming up in teams like this, or maybe a little after this. And that was kind of a plot point that, you know, we had like an episode or two of it, but then they kind of moved on to something else. It's interesting to think of this season in those kind of terms that like each one of the things we're seeing is like, oh, this is a big step, but it could just be sort of one small installment of, of yeah. other stuff to come. Do you think it's going to be all disabled by the next 15 minutes or is it going to have some deep impact on the upcoming episodes? If it continues with the pacing of this season, it'll be quick, quicker than I would expect. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's all the notes I have for this week. Does anyone have any final thoughts? Well, I do think um, we've been kind of talking about, you know, what's the arc of the series. And I do think that this episode is another good piece of it if we say, well, the arc is the group still having these ethical lessons and, and continuing to get good. And Michael also continuing to uh, to improve and become more ethical. I think we're definitely seeing it. We're, you know, piece by piece, we're seeing Michael become more of a sort of a good person. What they're going to do with that? I don't know, but I do think that we're still on that track. Yeah, that's the one thing that's really still coming along. All right, so I guess I'll wrap things up. Um, thanks to all of my fellow co-hosts for talking about the, the Good Place Episode 7. And so thanks, Sarah, especially for the recap and, and sort of kind of running the episode. Thank you. And I guess goodbye to Rachel. Bye, everyone. Good Bob. Good Bob, right? <laughs> and Javier, thanks as well. Goodbye, friends. Happy birthday. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.